and I really trust that it does minister uh, with you. So if you have your Bibles, you turn to Romans 12, 9 to 18. Romans 12, 9 to 18. And I just want to talk about dealing with loss and grief. Uh, that is happening far more than what you realize right now in our society. And uh, so we just want to share about that uh, here today. So Romans 12, starting at verse 9, just don't pretend to love others. Really love them. Hate what is wrong. Hold tightly to what is good. Love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. Never be lazy, but work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. Rejoice in our confident hope. Be patient in trouble and keep on praying. When God's people are in need, be ready to help them. Always be eager to practice hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Don't curse them. Pray that God will bless them. Be happy with those who are happy and weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with each other. Don't be too proud to enjoy the company of ordinary people. And don't think you know it all. Never pay back evil with more evil. Do things in such a way that everyone can see you are honorable. Do all that you can to live in peace with everyone. So this morning, I want to share in this unusual subject, dealing with loss and grief. Now, I think we all know what grief is, but grief is an, is an intense emotional response that is caused by loss and includes a deep sadness and emotional suffering. Now, usually we associate grief uh, with losing a loved one. But what we need to understand today is that grief comes and affects people due to any kind of loss. And that's why I really believe God wants me to speak on grief this morning as there's many people right now that are grieving in this church, in our society, in all churches due to loss. See, people are grieving because of loss of loved ones. Over these last few years, there's been a, a number of people that you will no longer see in church. They have passed away. They're gone. And sadly, during these past two years, we have been grieving in a different way. We've not been allowed to gather together at funerals. We've not been able to join with family members to support them and, and, and to be with them through this time. And so it's been a real difficult time for people that have lost loved ones. Very, very difficult. And I realize that in this congregation, many of you have lost loved ones, including our, myself, that you weren't even able to be, go to a funeral. And, and those things are hard. People are grieving over those things. But that's not the only grief that is happening. See, there's, there's grief that is taking place in our society today because of job loss, financial loss. And that is a big source of grief for many people. And again, over these last few years, there's been job cuts, business closures, income struggles for many people, a lot of people struggling financially. And there's a lot of grief over that. There's a lot of pressure that comes with that. There's people that have suffered loss over relationships, not being able to visit family. There are couples that were dating and they broke up or marriages that have been facing pressures that they've never faced before as a marriage. And sadly, there's marriages that have ended in divorce. So those people, they're grieving. Some other people are extremely lonely and they've not been able to get together with friends or do activities that normally help them to deal uh, with their own peace of mind. And so they're frustrated, discouraged, 
Some have gone into depression due to the losses of normal activities of life. There are those who are grieving over their mental health. These last two years have been extremely hard on people's mental health, and it is showing. I was reading an article, uh, I'm not sure if it was last night or early this morning, and, and just talking about how people have been uh, turning to drugs or turning to marijuana to try to help them with all of this stress and this grief of loss uh, that they're experiencing. But people are frustrated right now. They're lonely, discouraged. Depression is at an all-time high and, and suffering mentally in many ways. And, of course, many are choosing to do so silently. They're not talking about it. We found that out in our own mental health courts, that it's kind of a taboo out there. We're scared to talk about mental health. But there's a lot of people right now that are really suffering in that area. But there's other areas that sometimes don't come to our minds when we think of grief, such as a pregnancy loss. Uh, young families that are trying to have kids and they have a pregnancy loss or there's an infertility issue or a person that's maybe a single and over these last few years uh, can't even go on a date. Where do you go? Where do you meet, go to meet people? And they've been struggling in that area. And then we have our graduates, our graduates from university, our graduates from high school that many look forward to as something that's wonderful, it's great, and they just look forward to it with anticipation, and all of a sudden it's canceled, and they're not having it. There's a lot of grief going on that we don't really always identify as grief. But any area of loss can be an area of grief. And then we could go on and talk about people who have been ill and sick, being in hospital and, and no one's allowed to come in and visit with you, uh, being in accidents or traumas, uh, dreams unfulfilled, conflicts, and then COVID itself. And I think God wants us to be aware that there are many people in our churches and in our society right now that are grieving from many different things. And they're all serious to the person who is suffering. I just found this out on Friday in an article that I received, and it talked about the mental health agencies have noted during this COVID time that there's a new middle child of mental health, and it falls in between the absence of well-being and depression, and they're using this new term called languishing. Now, languishing is a type of grief, a lamenting, a longing for the return of things as they used to be. And it is a sense of stagnation and emptiness. It dulls your motivation. It disrupts your ability to focus and triples the odds that you will cut back on work. It's like one is mourning over the loss of normalcy. Mental health officials say languishing feels like you're muddling through your day. You're, you're looking at life through a foggy windshield. And they consider it the dominant emotion of 2021. And they're declaring that it is a very serious threat to mental health that could lead to severe depression and other stress disorders. It's at such serious levels that we're trusting that the governments of our nations will start recognizing that there's another problem that has already risen and could be far greater than COVID. Now, an interesting fact of this languishing and grieving over loss and is that the various stages of grief that we associate with the loss of a loved one also come into play in 
dealing with loss and all these other areas. And, and so just like if you lost a loved one, you can sometimes go through denial, anger, regret, depression. They're finding that people that have experienced loss through these last few years are going through the exact same kinds of things. And they're dealing with denial. They're dealing with anger. There's regret. There's depression. And, and maybe as you're thinking of that, you might be looking at yourself and saying, oh, th that's me. I didn't realize it, but I'm suffering from languishing of wanting to return back to normalcy or having things come back on my life that I've lost. And maybe you're suffering from some of these things as well. See, we're all affected during this time. If you think that you're not, you're basically lying to yourself because we all are. It has affected everyone that we know or that we can see. Now, I, I realize it's this uh, dealing with loss and grief is not as serious as one dealing with death. But it is serious enough that it is affecting our mental health and our behaviors. And as they said, it can lead to chronic disorders and severe depression. And that's pretty serious. And it's something that God is concerned about. Something that God wants me to share with you about today that you might find help and that we as a body of Christ might also help one another. Because this grief, this languishing of loss is very prevalent today and it's easy to see, just take a look at social media and, and look at the behaviors of people that you know and you're thinking, I can't believe they said that. I can't believe they're doing that because they're out of sorts. It's affected them and that's the responses are starting to show. So how do we as Christians deal with this grief and languishing of loss that is happening right now and that is affecting each and every one of us. Well, there's a few things I want to share with you this morning that hopefully will help you or give you a better perspective. And the first thing that we can do in, in dealing with grief and loss is to help one another. There's always something we can do to help elevate the pain and grief that people are bearing. Now, we may have to do that differently because of COVID, but we're creative people. And let's be creative to look for ways to help one another. I was thinking of the drive-bys. I know they drove by the uh, healthcare workers this week. And uh, think of the drive-by birthday parties uh, that people have been having. We're, we're creative. We can come up with ways. And that's what we need to do. We need to come up with creative ways to help one another during this time. Romans 12, 13 says, when God's people are in need, be ready. Be ready to help them. And then it goes on to say, always be eager to practice hospitality, giving us one option of things that we could do to help other people. So as Christians, we should be looking for opportunities to help others, to be ready to lay aside our own schedule to help somebody in need. And I realize that often we kind of talk ourselves out of doing things. And if we keep waiting till when it's convenient, I'll do it, it just doesn't happen. And so we got to work past and inconvenience ourselves that we might indeed help uh, others and look for those opportunities. God has given all of us gifts and abilities. And God wants us to use them to help other people. And so that's what I want to encourage you today, to do today as well, to use those gifts that God has given to you to help somebody. Even in the area like hospitality that was mentioned here, um, to go out and to do that to, to other people. And then as we 
look back a few more verses, back to Romans 12, 6 to 8. It, it talks about other gifts that God gives us that we can use. It doesn't, it's not an exhaustive list. It's just a, a list that God is pointing out to us that we have various gifts in the body of Christ, and God wants us to use those gifts to help one another. And it says in Romans 12, 6 to 8, In His grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak well with as much faith as God has given you. If your gift is serving others, serve them well. If you are a teacher, teach well. If your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. If it is giving, give generously. If God has given you the leadership ability, take the responsibility seriously. And if you have the gift for showing kindness to others, do it gladly. We have a lot of different gifts in the body of Christ. We have unique gifts in the body of Christ. You as an individual are unique, and you have unique abilities and giftings within you that you can help other people. And let's, let's do that. We want to encourage and help one another. Christians are to help one another and to help the people of our world. And it's time to enlarge our vision of who we are to help. Because sometimes we're just looking in the church of who to help. We need to be looking outside the church to see who we can help. In our mental health course that we did a few months ago now, we, we saw how being a listening ear can prove to be very, very helpful, especially listening without offering advice. And that's so important. So often we want to give advice and people aren't asking for it. And so be very careful of giving advice to people that aren't asking for it. But, you know, we, we can help people by listening. Give a person a call, an email, a text. Uh, say something that's uplifting. Um, invite someone over for a meal or with COVID, maybe you have to bring the meal and drop it off at their place. Uh, volunteer to do a job that needs to be done that you see out there that something that needs to be done to go ahead and do it. Volunteer for some child care that the couple might be able to have a break since they have their kids home all the time. We can bless people with money. We can uh, have all kinds of different ways that we can help someone. I was watching this video the other day of a, a gentleman that was just driving around the neighborhood and he was looking, not in St. Paul, somewhere in the States, I believe, but he was just driving around looking for places and homes that people weren't looking after their lawns. And he just would stop and he'd go by and kind of manicure the, the, their whole front yard for them, free of charge, just to bless them. There's all kinds of things that we can do as Christians to help one another. And then secondly, in dealing with loss and grief, we as Christians can be compassionate. We can be caring, sympathetic, sensitive to the sorrows and troubles of others, looking for ways that we can be more understanding with them and looking for ways how we can help them. Romans 12, 15 says, be happy with those who are happy and weep with those who weep. And I think that's a, a, a great verse to show what compassion really is. It's rejoicing with people when good things are happening and they get blessed. It's good to rejoice with those. You don't want to go down that road where you get jealous or you get critical of them. Man, rejoice with them. If you see somebody that's happy, rejoice with them. That's a good thing. Well, I'm not happy. I don't want to rejoice with them. Well, you start rejoicing with them. It's an amazing thing. You start getting happy yourself. It really does. And if a person is going through a difficult time, don't judge them. Mourn with them. Support them. Be understanding with them in their situation that they're going through. Compassion should flow out of our lives like 
Just like putting on our clothes in the morning as we get up to go to work. Compassion should flow. Colossians 3.12 says, Since God chose you to be the holy people he loves, you must clothe yourselves with tender-hearted mercy or compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience. Christians need to be compassionate, understanding, tender-hearted, gentle towards one another. You know, right now there's huge criticism going on in our world. And to be honest, it's also going on in the Christian churches too. And that's not what God wants. God is looking for his people to clothe themselves every day with a fresh heart of compassion for one another. Because people are hurting. People are struggling with fear and pain and and loss and grief. They don't need a lecture. They don't need the latest YouTube controversy to be shown uh, on their site. They need some compassion. And we should be ready to give that to them. Thirdly, in dealing with grief and loss, we as Christians can be burden bearers. We can help carry the load that people are under, especially as they're dealing with loss, pain, and grief. Back to that verse we already read here in in verse 15 of Romans 12. says, be happy with those who are happy. Weep with those who weep. Help carry the burden to weep with those who weep. I know it's been very, very difficult for people in our society today Uh, going through grief in many, many forms. But it really touches my heart for those that have lost family during this time. And no no funerals or very small funerals, just a couple of people not having that opportunity to express uh, express or receive comfort. But the Bible says, weep with those who weep. Don't, don't get out there and say, you know, things like, you know, well, look on the bright side or, you know, uh, everything will work together for good yet out of this or, you know, it's not really that bad. There's some people that have experienced far worse things. You know what? Just weep with them. Just help them carry that burden of loss and grief. They need that kind of compassion and care. Galatians 6, 2-3 says, share each other's burdens and this way obey the law of Christ. If you think you're too important to help someone, you're really only fooling yourself. You're really not that important. It's kind of an out scripture there. But carry one another's burdens. That's what we need to be doing. Not, not giving all this advice and telling them what to do. Just sit there and grieve with them. Just sit there and weep with them. Allow them that opportunity to get that out. The Greek word for burden here refers to something that is too heavy to bear or is that it's too much for one person to bear alone. And, and we need to be... A, sensitive to that. As Christians, you need to be paying more attention when people are going through grief and loss that it doesn't crush them, that it doesn't become such an excessive weight that they can no longer bear it. We, we need to step in. We need to make time for people. And we need to be willing to help carry one another's burdens. Because you know what? Sometimes we all can get overwhelmed. And those feelings of overwhelm can, can get to any one of us. So, so we need to be ready to, 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 to minister to people like that and be a burden bearer because God calls us to be such. Then fourthly, in dealing with loss and grief, we can practice this art of patience. People experiencing loss of any time, kind can get frustrated. They can get angry, uh, out of sorts. Uh, They can have moments of an occasional outburst. They can say and do things that they normally would never do. Well, as Christians, we need to be understanding. 
We need to be patient with them. Times of loss can be extremely hard on people and can be very emotional. And we need to be patient and give time for them. Romans 12, 12 says, be patient in trouble and keep on praying. Part of our job of patience is to pray. And as we pray, God will work on that individual. God's going to help that individual. But we need to be patient. And our job is really to be praying during these moments and, and resist giving the advice. I know we all like doing it. I'm as guilty as anyone else here as well uh, to give advice. And lots of times as people are going through loss, they're not looking for advice. All they want is that you just share with their burdens and share with their heartache and be there for them. So be patient with them. Everyone has different ways of coping. And you know what? They might cope a different way than what you do. And so we need to be careful here and be very patient uh, with everyone. Listen to what it says in Romans 12, 16. It says, live in harmony with each other. Don't be too proud to enjoy the company of ordinary people and don't think you know it all. My goodness, don't we see that today? Everybody knows it all. Like, we just know everything because I saw it on YouTube, and so that's the truth, or I saw it on Facebook, and we just know it all. I'm glad I'm not a doctor right now, and, uh, you know, doctors, uh, Dr. Anshaw must be dealing with all the Dr. Googles that, that came in to see him, or uh, if you're a pharmacist, uh, that you're coming in and you got all the right facts that even though he went to school and got his doctor degrees and all those kinds of things that he doesn't know anything but you know everything. We've got to be careful of that because we don't know everything. We are not all experts. And so we need to be careful and be patient with one another. And even as people are going through this and they're saying all kinds of things that normally they wouldn't do, just be patient. They'll return back to normal. They really will. You just got to give them some time, give them some space, and do your part to be praying for them. So some patience during this time is good, and we can certainly apply that to helping deal with people with loss and grief. Number five, in dealing with loss and grief, we need to be people of love that decide to pour out love on that individual who is suffering. Romans 12, 10 says, love each other with genuine affection. Take delight in honoring each other. Give honor. Love builds up. Love really cares about people. Love is genuine. We don't need pretenders here because people can tell the difference, friends. They really can't. And of all people on the face of the earth, Christians are supposed to be the people that the world can count on to show them love. And as brothers and sisters in Christ, that becomes even more important, the Bible says, that we would show that amongst one another. And so we should be there for one another and, and doing acts of love towards one another. Now, if you look at social media right now and we look at what's happening in our social media, it's not good. It's just not good. And even as Christians, it seems that many of us as Christians are kind of jumping on the bandwagons there as well. And we're not sharing stuff that's really loving. And we can become very, very critical and come across that we have a superior attitude and that we have a superior knowledge over everyone else that may be on there. And, you know, we're just so uh, in tune with all the latest things, so we think. It would almost seem like when you look at what's taking place that God must be confused. 
because you, you, you talk to Christians and they're praying about certain things, especially during this COVID season of what they should do or shouldn't do. And some are feeling that God's saying, yeah, you go ahead and you can do this. But then on the other hand, there's other Christians that are praying and, and they're just as strong feeling that, no, I, I feel God is saying that, no, we shouldn't do it. So is God confused? Maybe it's just God just saying, you know what? It's your choice. I am with you whether you choose to do this or whether you choose to do that. I'm here. I'm with you. And I will be with you. I think that's important to understand. We need to be careful that we don't come across that we're superior or we're better. We have greater knowledge. Sure, obviously I heard from God and obviously you didn't. I think we really need to be careful of that. That's not good. Bible calls us love, to love one another. Pour out love on people. There's a lot of things being said today. We need to be the people who are saying things of love. Philippians 2, 3, and 5 says, don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble. Thinking of yourselves uh, as better than... Uh, be humble, think of yourselves as better than yourself, but don't look only to your own interests. Take the interests of others too. Have the same attitude that Jesus had. That's where we all need to bring ourselves back to and talk to ourselves and say, hold it, hold it. There, there's attitudes that are starting to come in my mind. There's thoughts I'm starting to express with my mouth. Hold it, hold it, hold it. That's not good, that's not love. And we need to correct ourselves and get back to that place where we would love one another. Because people are struggling with decisions right now. They're struggling over their losses. They're struggling over their grief. So don't add to their confusion. Practice love. Extend kindness, grace to one another. Because you know what? That's what God's doing right now. He's pouring out his love on people. He really is. He really is. Especially amongst unbelievers especially amongst wayward Christians. God's encountering people right now because people are hurting. They're grieving over areas of loss to various degrees and what they need is some love. Will somebody please love me? He's pouring out his love right now and I want to be a part of that. I want to be, be on board with what God is doing at this very moment in our world. And after all, it is a command. Jesus says, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind. This is the first and greatest command. The second equally important, love your neighbor as yourself. Matthew 22, 37, 39. Real love makes a difference. It really does. And we need to do that in the midst of people dealing with loss and grief. And then lastly, and most importantly, in dealing with loss and grief, we can lead people to Jesus Christ, to God. That's the most important step, that we can lead people suffering with all these issues of life to that one person who can really, really help. We're seeing our world turn to various other things to try to find comfort at this time. Well, as Christians, we need to be telling people, you know what you can turn to? It's not YouTube, and it's not Facebook. It's Jesus it's Jesus. We need to get the message of Jesus out there because Jesus really is the answer. And I, I love doing this. I really do. And there's times when I don't know what to say anymore. There's times where I don't even know how to give advice to some situations that we come against. And, 
It just kind of blows my mind sometimes, but I keep hearing his voice say, just, just tell them about Jesus. Just get their mind on Jesus, and I'll take care of it from there. And I've watched that over and over and over take place where Jesus just begins to minister to them. Jesus just begins to talk to them and speak into their lives. And I just get the privilege of listening and watching it happen. Friends, the best comfort we can give anyone suffering from this languishing of, of loss and grief is to point them to Jesus. You know, you might have to go through some of these other things that we all talked about, you know, to earn their respect or earn that opportunity that they would listen to us. But ultimately, if they really want an answer, we need to bring them to Jesus Christ. Why Jesus? Well, he's the God of all comfort. He's the God that says, I'm an ever-present help in your time of trouble. He's the God who says, I care about you, and I, I invite you to cast all of your cares upon me. He's the God that is able to turn our, our mourning actually into dancing. Isn't that crazy that you're mourning, you're grieving, and then the next minute you could be dancing? That's what Jesus can do into your life. Or he says, I will take your sorrow, and I will turn it into joy. Like, isn't that amazing? That's what God can do. So obviously we want to introduce people to Jesus and to help them to, to deal with that loss and that grief because he can deal with us in ways that we've never imagined that he could. That's who he is. And no matter where we are with God, whether we're close to him or whether we're far away from him, he still invites us to come. I love that. He does. Matthew eleven twenty eight. he says, come to me. All of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. It's a promise from God. People are going through so many things right now where there's no rest in their life. And God is saying, come to me. Just come to me. I will give you that rest that you need. That's a beautiful invitation. If we're weary with life's load, if we're languishing over the loss and grief, that we can come to him and he will give us rest. What a beautiful invitation. Come to Jesus. He has something to say to us. Another beautiful invitation is Revelation 3.20. Look, I stand at the door and knock. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in and we'll share a meal together as friends. Again, such a beautiful imagery in that. You know, we often think, well, I need to come to Jesus. Well, Jesus, well, I'm going to go to Jesus. I'm going to knock at his door. No, Jesus is already at your door and he's knocking at your door. He's already there for you. He's already there. He's just waiting for you to open up that door and, and to come into your life and to minister into your life. And when he does come in, he's not going to come in and say, oh, you, you've been a terrible person. Oh, there's terrible things that you have done. No, he's not going to rebuke you. He's not going to say how terrible you've been. He's going to come in like a friend. He says, he's going to come in and sit down at your table and he's going to talk with you and you're going to share a meal like your best of friends. That's... That's who he is. That's how he wants to come to you. He wants to be your friend. He wants to be your comfort. He wants to be your savior. He wants to be your God. And he's ready to come into your life right now and, and to help you to deal with all these uh, languishings of loss and, and grief that is concerning you right now. God said, I'm already at your door. Just open it up. I'll come in. I'll help you. I'll touch you. It's going to make all the difference in the world. So friends, I want to tell you this this morning, people are struggling in many areas right now. Because we haven't been out and around, we, a lot of times we, we don't see it or we don't recognize it. 
But I think we are all recognizing that each one of us is affecting ourselves. We're all doing, trying to do different things to try to help ourselves cope during this time because there is, there's really a languishing of the losses that we are going through in life right now in many areas. But I also want to tell you that even in the midst of all this, that God is there. Jesus is there. He's waiting and he's longing to minister to people. And he is. He is. You know, one of the amazing things that I find during this COVID season, I, and I get discouraged myself as well, but I start looking around and I start seeing Jesus touching people. See, Jesus doesn't have to self-isolate. He can come right into our homes and he can just minister to us wherever we might be or wherever we are or whatever's going on in our lives. He doesn't have to self-isolate. He's still busy. He's still working. He's, he's still out there and encountering people left and right, north and south, all over the place. He really is. And he's been focusing on touching people with his love. And to show you the proof of that, we're going to be concluding this service here in a moment. And those are going to be baptized if you want to get yourself ready. Um, we got some wonderful people that probably many of you haven't even met. You don't even know who they are. But you know what? God's been touching people during this time. Even during these last three weeks where, you know, we, we couldn't have an in-person service, God was still touching people. And you're going to see some of those people today where Jesus has encountered them afresh. And they're here today because they, they want to commit their lives afresh to Jesus Christ. They, they want to come in these waters of baptism today to say, you know what? Uh, I'm here today because I want to serve Jesus Christ. And, and Jesus Christ means more to me today than he's ever meant to me before. And, and so I'm here today to tell everybody that, hey, I'm now a follower of Jesus. I believe in Jesus. And, and I want Jesus to be Lord of my life. And so that's taking place. That's happening. So in, in the midst of all this languishing of loss and grief and all this COVID stuff that's been going on, Friends, God's still doing things. He hasn't stopped. We might think he stopped. He hasn't stopped. He's touching lives. And I'm still believing for a very great harvest. I am looking so forward to, you know, as they've said here in Alberta, July 1st, open house, no more restrictions. Man, I am looking forward to that because I believe there's a harvest of people that are ready to come. Because while we've been isolating, while we've been wondering where's God and all this, he's been working, he's been touching people, and you're going to see those people in a few moments. So just before we close, I just want to pray, and then we're going to go right into a baptismal service. Lord Jesus, I thank you that you are an ever-present help in my times of trouble, in my times of grief, in my times of loss, in my times of languishing and wishing that things would just kind of come back to some normalcy, I thank you that you are here and that you haven't left us. You haven't left us at all. You're still here. You're here to comfort us. You're here to speak to us. I thank you that, Lord, that you're speaking to people even now. Lord, even people that are watching uh, uh, by computer today, that, Lord, you're speaking. You're speaking and, Lord, you're, you're drawing on people's heart to say it's time. It's time to get serious with God. This is a serious time of God. There's a harvest that is at your doorstep, and you need to be ready. 
And if you're, you haven't been where you should be as a Christian, it's time to get, make things right with God and, and get back to serving God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. Enough, enough of this putting it aside and thinking, oh, I've had enough of God. No, you haven't because you haven't experienced half of what God has for you. There is more, he says. There is more for you today. If you would look to him, if you would cry out to him again, anew and afresh, there is more that God wants to do for you. And I would pray that as you experience that, you would, you would get baptized. If you're in this area, then come to this church and, and we'll, we'll do a baptism for you. We're not baptizing you in the name of a church. We baptize you in the name of Jesus Christ. You're following him, not a church, not a denomination. You're following him. And I just believe that there's people listening today that you need to make a decision to follow Jesus Christ. That's happening all over the world right now where many, many people are returning to Christ. They're getting baptized. Many have been baptized before, but they're getting baptized again because God is becoming so real to them and there's a fresh fervor to serve the Lord. And, and that's you out there. I encourage you to get baptized this week and uh, come here next week. We're going to have a baptism tank still going to be here and let us know, but I just pray respond to the Lord because he's responding to you and he wants to minister to you today and talk with you today because he still talks to people. He really does. And he wants to minister to you today. I just pray your blessing now upon your people, your comfort, Lord, to all your people. In Jesus' name, amen.